Thank you for listening to Thank You for Joking, a show about the process of being a comedy writer. Sometimes it's stand-up comics going through that process together, trying out jokes, giving each other notes, and sometimes I'm going to have TV writers on here talking about their process. So please subscribe. There'll be new episodes every week. Thanks. A crazy professor. I know. <laughs> like you literally got like a PhD in quarantine just with that beard alone. It's, it's, uh, it is weird. It feels weird. Uh, it is bushy. <laughs> What's uh, it like bringing dinosaurs back to life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm pretty happy about it. We got a yard here at my house because I live in California, out there digging all the time. <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, it's perfect. Anyway, well, I was, I, sorry, I was saying before you came on, just that I was like offered spots um, at New York, New York clubs. And then I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And then I talked to another booker that I'm friends with. I was like, is this going to happen? She's like, there's no way in hell comedy clubs are opening and he's delusional. And then of course, like New York says like, no, no indoor seating anywhere. And then I, and then like a couple days later, he's like, yeah, these spots aren't going to happen. I was like, really, really? These spots aren't going to (laughs) happen. When when do you think New York will be like normal again? Say it again. When do you think New York will be like back to? Its- well, the biggest, the biggest issue. Let's say we magically do everything right. We open. We start doing fifty percent capacity. There's no spikes. Blah blah blah. There's no tourists. So it's like when it's everything's gonna be limited because we're a tourist community and there's no tourists. So you know, half of us are unemployed. So what, like, what money do you have for this non-essential thing? And nobody knows when we're going to go back to work. And then all these people that were furloughed thinking they would get a job sometime in July or August just got told last week that there's no job for them. So it's like, depend, like, I just feel like nobody really has money. Even if we somehow master the coronavirus, which I don't even know how you do that without the support of the government. Um, we don't, nobody, we don't want people here right now because everybody else is spiking. I just don't see this normalizing. Have you signed up for unemployment? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be out and about and human. You know what I mean? Cause there's nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, I wonder, especially with New York, how many people like went home to like wait this out that are just not going to come back. Tons, tons. I think real estate wise, like this is the funny part is like, we're going to become affordable and accessible in a lot of ways, but to, to what, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like nine 11 times a hundred because nine 11 was just like, it was the whole city, but really it was a section of the city where like prices went really down. More people came because they could kind of afford it a little bit. People were scared, but people still took risks. You know, comedy was a little off because people were scared, but like, that was like a couple of months of like, this is weird, we, yeah. terrorism. And now I just think like New York City is going to be gutted. Like there's so many stores closing down that'll never open again. There's so many people leaving that were like, I was already paycheck to paycheck before this. Now I can't even afford it. Um, I think we'll bounce back, but I think New York City is going to be gutted for a couple of years because everything that has value can't have value right now. Yeah. It's 91,100, by the way. What is? 9-11 times 100. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh. <laughs>
I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I looked it up. I appreciate I appreciate that. No, and when you said it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds accurate. That's so great. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but like, I don't even really want to be doing show. Like, obviously, I miss stand up, but like, just with the like trends and everything, I'm like, man, this doesn't feel responsible to like go uh, that's to a yeah. show. Like, you know, like what was the like, the. the uh, what was the guy? Brian Callen yeah, and, and Brandon Schottland. Yeah. Like, it's like everybody in the audience now has. What and they got it. They got coronavirus because of that. Yeah. So, uh, Rob. I don't know the story. What happened? Uh, Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen were doing shows in Texas for like like 350 people. Like, they, they were. Yeah. They, it wasn't like they just did, like had everybody spaced out. And they were like. They said they were doing like fist bumps afterwards, but you're still like touching people. Right. And then like right afterwards, they both tested positive and told like everybody in the audience that they had to go get tested. And then a ton of them tested positive too. Mm. But you're like, yeah, that doesn't feel like a socially responsible thing to do, you know? Well, that, I, and I, that's, oh, sorry. Sorry, I, you're saying. I was supposed to be at a club in Arizona because Arizona opened for like three weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I was supposed to be at a club in there and I was texting with the like booker and I was like, Hey man, I don't, like, I don't, I also have like a lung, you know, disease and stuff. And I was like, I don't think I can come out. And, and I felt like a bit like he was kind of like, well, I mean, it's pretty last minute for you to cancel. And I'm like, yeah, but like, it's, this is a crazy time. And so I canceled. And then like the day later that I was supposed to be there, it got shut down again. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Yes, of course I did. I've gone through a lot of different, I've gone kind of back and forth like two or three times on this concept because I guess, well, when, well, first of all, when it first started, so March like 7th or something around then, when it, I guess when it like really became a big deal, like Rudy Gobert tested yeah. positive and Tom Hanks and stuff, I was uh, at Hilarity's Comedy Club in Cleveland. And um, at first I like literally like that my first night was a Wednesday night and like people I, I had a friend say like she wasn't gonna come because of coronavirus and I was like are you serious because at that <laughs> time I was like it's a like it's a not a big deal you know and then by like the you know then by like it, Pete Holmes was supposed to be the headliner and then he canceled and so I ended up being the headliner and so like then it became like very like oh this is weird. like you know became more and more of a deal that weekend basically and my mom has asthma. So I was like, I don't want to like go get coronavirus from someone and then give it to my mom. Yeah. You know? And, uh, um, I was kind of like, ah, I don't know if I should even go, but it turned out to be fine. But, um, and then now, like, now that I'm not like, I think, you know, like for you, you have a lung problem and for like people who have any kind of health risks, obviously, but like, for like someone like me, I'm like, um, it's just me and my fiance and we're both like, you know, healthy. Now she's literally coughing as I said. <laughs> but, for the most part. What you did. <laughs> she's kind of being like, <laughs> really? Like you want to take that risk with my heart? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I don't see like a big solution in like anytime soon. Like even if they come up with a vaccine, it's going to take like a year for it to come out. Yeah. And stuff. So I just feel like for people who are young and healthy, it kind of does make sense for people to just go out and like, if they get well, sick, they get sick. You you have like a less than one percent chance of dying, anyways. So. I'm like, I'm yeah, but we don't have. There's people that don't have health insurance. Like that's the other yeah. thing is that like you could be young and healthy, but if you still have to go to the hospital, if you still have to be on a ventilator, like just getting the test is. A, you know. 
what'd you say? It's going to bankrupt you. Oh yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, is like people aren't really associating how many people they see in a day. You're still going to the grocery store. You're still, you know what I mean? So there's people that are at risk that don't have the luxury of staying home and you're going about pretending like it's not happening. It just feels, I don't know. I, I, I just. It's irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, it feels irresponsible. And then like, believe me, I'm, 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 I was, my favorite part about none of this happening, like all this happening to everyone at once is like this kind of FOMO I had, you know, when you send in your avails and then you're like, okay, I didn't really get that much. It's not a big deal. But then you see everybody else that's working that week and you're just like, <laughs> what am I, what am I doing wrong? Like, it's like JFL, what, huh? Yeah. yeah. But it's like that, that's, that's, it's been three months without that. Like looking at everybody being home and not doing stuff was like so good for me that to now even see people just like, I'm going to be here. I'm doing this. Like it's starting to inch back a little bit. And I was like, Oh, I don't miss that. Like I don't, I don't, whatever anxiety that I was pretending wasn't happening every single week, whether it was road gigs or city gigs, like I don't miss feeling left out of the business every week. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my girlfriend broke up with me during the middle of this. Uh, no. And, it, you know, it, yeah, it's a bummer. But legitimately, it was like one of the nice things about getting broken up with during this is I wasn't like obsessing over like, well, what is she doing? Who's she hanging out <laughs> yeah, with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly what she's doing. Yeah, you, yeah. you know that it's because of you as opposed to... <laughs> Well, specifically, it's because of his beard, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did she break she up like, It Was it post-beard or pre-beard that she broke up with you? It was like a few weeks after the beard. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like, uh, it was April 21st, I know. The exact <laughs> I'm healing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she had yeah. gotten high the day before. Uh-huh. No, she went to, uh, she went to Texas, her grandmother... Um, is 90 and lives in Texas. Oh, wow. And their like caretaker woman was like posting like, I'm not wearing a red mask until you make me on like social media. And yeah. so they were like, well, then you can't be around our grandma. <laughs> well, <you're right. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so they were like trying to figure out who in their family could help like, you know, go out there. And it was like, you know, she could drive to Texas in two days and not see anybody. She didn't, she wasn't in, you know, some of their families in New York City, which like at that time was like not a good place to be coming from. Yeah. You know, she didn't have kids. She works in the entertainment business and her TV show was suspended. So it was like, she just kind of made the most sense. Uh, and so she went to Texas and then like two weeks later, she was like, Hey, I feel like the fact that I chose to come to Texas and I didn't like really even include you in that decision means that this ain't the right thing for me. <laughs> really, I feel like That's her grandma got to her. Yeah, I feel I like her grandma that. said something. Like her, her grandma said something like, when you know, you know. And she's like, I don't know, and it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things that I feel like I saw coming too because like two days before I texted her, I miss you. And her actual response was, I know. And I was like, oh, oh wow. Boy, that, doesn't, that doesn't feel like the right, you know, answer. <laughs> I do feel like her grandma just like held her. and was just yeah. like, don't marry the wrong one. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like something really like, you're like, what happened to you, grandma? Yeah. I, I, I went, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. 
Now, I was going to say, I, this morning, I went through a breakup that I, of a relationship I didn't know I was in. So <laughs> I, I feel you there. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that was it? The, was it the witch? No. God, no. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, On our was, last podcast, Martin said that he was dating a witch. So that's I did not oh say God. I was dating a witch. <laughs> Let's... I'm so jealous. I want to know what dating a witch is like. <laughs> It's scary. Okay, it's scary because she told she like just kept saying she talked to the devil, and and, and so and I just had to be like, all right. And so I didn't want to like be mean or say like, ah, oh, this you know, I, I'm not really looking for anything serious because I was scared that she witches like, right now. Was, yeah. You know, if she really is a witch or has witch powers, and then she I don't want put this it on potion, me. This hex been put on me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is a, a different, a different young lady, and uh, she moved. She she moved to a different state, um, and we we never. I, I I never really implicitly was like, yeah, I want a relationship. Right? A relationship would be cool. Um, I, I I don't know. It, it, but yeah, the, today she like called me, and uh, was like, <laughs> so what do, what do you want? I was like, you don't live here. I, I don't like. There's nothing yeah. feasible that could even happen right now. And then she was, and she got off the phone to cry. And I was like, I don't feel terrible, but like that's not, you know, I don't know. I I think I tried too hard to be nice. And it's, I think it's because I just got a bed frame. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've made a lot of bold decisions after getting a new bed frame. I get that. Right. you're like you're like who do i, I really adult want? energy right now yeah yeah <laughs> you're like these are some pretty sturdy beams and someone's gonna have to deserve them <laughs> i don't even i don't well, okay that's what actually that's what sparked it i posted a screenshot of a bumble profile uh that i like i didn't like I'm, I'm not dating it like it's a, it's a fucking pandemic i don't want to see anyone i'm t i'm terrified uh more so because like i want to go home and see my granny but i, I don't want to like get something because i you know was trying to grab a fucking mojito of somebody and then end up killing my granny on accident like i'd feel terrible so i but i posted the screenshot on my instagram and she saw that i was like oh so you're bumbling and i was like god damn it we're not a, we're not a, no i'm not bumbling but I'll, like i don't know I, Women, am I right, guys? <laughs> no, no, they'll, no, they'll break your heart, they'll cast a spell, and they're all up in your IG stories every time. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Throw one old man beard. And... Yeah, <laughs> coughing off camera, trying to make get signals out. Grant, how long were you with uh, your girlfriend? Um, the last. <laughs> I'm really I'm I'm doing okay. I would like to preface it by saying that because like in some sense it's been nice to have nothing but like time to work through like feelings and thoughts, you know? Um so the like last day that I hung out with her was our one year anniversary. <laughs> oh my god. And then and then so we had, I I basically been quarantining with her for like a couple of weeks at the end of March, right? Just staying at her place and stuff like that. And we were kind of like, our, our one year anniversary was March 31st. And so we were like, hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna stay here through March 31st, then I'll go home and then we'll like keep figuring out um, stuff. And then like I came home and then a few days later she went to Texas. And then we, you know, we're still dating long distance. 
for, you know, FaceTiming and stuff for a couple of weeks when she was in Texas. Obviously, at that point, nobody knew how long this was going to be lasting for. So it was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll be here till the end of April, you know? And it's like, well, a month is not that crazy when you're yeah. a comic. Um, so, yeah. When she broke up with you, you should have screenshotted her, like, uh, engagement ring. Or you should have found an <laughs> engagement ring picture, pretended like it was, you know. Your, yeah, yeah. And Dude, then, I don't, this is, like, I hate how much we overanalyze stuff with like social media because here's a legitimate thing that happened today you know we unfollowed each other on instagram and stuff <laughs> like that. i i woke up this morning saw that she viewed all my instagram stories for the first time in like six weeks that's such a mind fuck what, what does that, that mean what does that mean what does that mean how can you tell that someone's i'm very you can excited. see it you swipe you you um you swipe and you can see everybody that's seen your stories Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you don't know about that, bro. People are stalking <laughs> your stories, judging you. Yeah, if you're getting old, they're 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 upset. There, there's so much hate looking and hate flirting and hate curiosity. I'm telling <laughs> you. But like, I mean, she hasn't looked at my Instagram in maybe six weeks. You know, and the story. I'm like, maybe she's just making sure you're not dead. She, I'm sure she cares about you. <laughs> She's basically, she was on suicide watch. (laughs) How is is quarantine dating in New York? In New York? I have a boyfriend, so we're just trying not to kill each other. Um, (laughs) You you live together? We don't, which is helpful, Um, honestly. I I think I spent the first, we were were getting ready not to see each other for six months because he's a a TV producer and he was doing a travel. He was, what'd you say? Because he's imaginary. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Um, That's valid. Um, But he, um, he was uh, he was working on a travel show for Netflix, so he was going to be only home for two weeks out of six months, and we, I hadn't seen him for two, and we were getting ready at the end of March to see each other for a week, and I like planned my whole tour schedule for the next six months to be home when he was going to be home, or to either be traveling in some of the places he was traveling, although he was going all over the world, and then we both got sent home the same day. Like I came home from Europe, he came home from I think like the Dominican <laughs> Republic. And uh, I think I stayed with him for like maybe six weeks. And then he lives in like a pretty, I, ha- I have a three bedroom, but I have two roommates. He lives by himself, but in a very tiny uh, apartment. And he was starting to be like, I'm not doing okay. And I was like, that's valid. <laughs> I was like, I can go home. And so we started doing a week on a week off. And that's been really good for us. I mean, I, I need a lot of alone time and he needs a lot of alone time. And I also, I'm, I don't like dealing with my feelings, so I, I just throw myself into work, even if it's busy work. Like, I started a podcast. We all know, right, Rob? This is busy work. <laughs> None of this matters. This is busy work. And you just pretend like it has – anybody's listening. So I threw myself into a podcast, like, three days after this happened, and I started it with a friend. So I've been really busy learning how to podcast, figuring out editing, figuring how to do stuff. And so he would just see me every day for, like, seven hours, like – listening to stuff and like learning stuff. And I think it kind of just triggered him where he's like, he lost his job and I lost my job, but I was still working. And yeah. I could, and I get that. Like, I get that kind of like, he wasn't, he couldn't figure out how to pivot the same way that I can. And I, again, we do different stuff, but um, it was just helpful for him not to watch me work. <laughs> also, I, I like how all of you have flexed your relationships of how <laughs> successful your partners uh, and past partners are. Like, oh, yeah, she's working on a TV show and yeah. you know, afford to drive a car to Texas. And ah, he's a producer <laughs> who travels the world and Rob's engaged. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be dating witches. Maybe you should step (laughs) up your game and get a real woman 
<laughs> Find a fucking witch with a crystal ball, dog. Yeah, Just like someone has been When's the next time I'm going to be on TV, lady? Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll say this. I spent the first 10 years of my career being so jealous of male comics with successful girlfriends. I was like, how the fuck do they have this apartment in this area? Or how the fuck, like, I was always so confused. And then I'd meet their girlfriend and they'd have like a real job and they'd be making like a hundred K a year. And I was like, I want one of those. I want a <laughs> successful partner that when things are shitty, I don't Hold have on. to feel scared. It's and way you know easier what? for a girl to get a successful boyfriend than a boy <laughs> to get a successful girlfriend. So. Every male comic I have met that is not worried about money has a woman <laughs> working a real job so that he's not scared. And I got that for the first time in my life, and it was an accident. I, and I'm I grateful. may have that I mean, right now, but yeah, I still... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember Giannis... Uh, what, what's the New York comic? I think it was last name. Giannis Papas? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, I remember him. There's one nobody time. else named Giannis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just Giannis Bobbis. He, he, he was a in classic example of that. Like, he had a girlfriend that was supporting. This is like years ago. Like, oh, yeah. I, over a decade yeah. ago. And, and I remember him telling me once, he's like, it's kind of the dirty little secret. Like, you kind of have to have a girlfriend that supports you if you want to follow yeah. your dreams or something. But it is. I remember learning that, like, being so confused. Like, how are these guys, like, they don't seem like they're always on the road and they don't seem like they're that successful. And then I just found out someone was paying for groceries. And I was like, I want someone to pay for groceries. <laughs> but now we're both unemployed. It's almost so like, I feel like a what? girl dating a comic or anyone dating a comic and, like, supporting them is kind of like, uh, buying a penny stock, you know, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to support you while you're poor because yeah. there's a chance you'll become rich and famous. Yeah. And then the irony is a lot of times they become rich and famous and then they like dump her anyways. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That happens as well. I, I, I would compare it to uh, owning a dog that gets paid to bark sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. That's my time guys. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking I literally got paid to bark in New York because that's what yeah. they call it when you hand oh, it. I do that too. Um, Man, it's so <laughs> nice that LA never had, you never had to do that in LA. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We just have to pay $5 to yeah. stage time here. Yeah, but we got, we got twice as much shitty stage time as you. So, True. I mean, <laughs> what, is, what, is, what is the value of a bombing more often? Which we got mm. to do. <laughs> <laughs> And look how we've grown, right, Rob? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, to be serious, I think I grew way faster in New York than in L.A. I think in L.A., uh, like, 10 years in L.A. was worth, like, six months in New York as a comic. Yeah. Specifically a comic. Everything else in my, like, my ability to write scripts and everything else improved in L.A., but my stand-up itself, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's dead now, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. City's uh, gone. All right. Well, you want to do some jokes, guys? Yeah. So Grant's new to the podcast. So Grant, the way it works is we're going to do like one joke each, give each other notes, and then move on. Okay. And yeah, so I will go first. Um, so yeah, as, as mentioned, I have a fiance. She, uh, she's hilarious. Um, the funniest thing she does, so I'm, I'm 6'1", she's about five feet tall, and so picture this little Asian girl. She will uh, come up behind me and start humping me and start doing an impression of me having sex with her. <laughs> She'd be like, yeah, you like that, daddy? You like that cock in your little pussy? <laughs> She's just like humping me from behind. <laughs> All right, so I'm fighting anyone else. <laughs> it's very funny to me. I fucking lose it every he time. He just 
I just feel like she, she just sounds like a, like a Yorkie with a German Shepherd. Like, also, is that how you? Have I made three comics uncomfortable. <laughs> is that how bad this joke is? I've made comedians. Wait, how? First off, how tall did you say you are? I'm six one. You're not six one. Since yeah. when? My whole life. <laughs> it, can't be, it can't be your whole I, life. You know, I, I, you came up with a boom, six one. Ugh. <laughs> I love this that your main, is... your, your main issue with the joke was the <laughs> the height fallacy. Issue, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think the the way you take it is sure that's that's like funny that she does it, but when it's just the two of you, there's no stakes, right? Like there are things that couples do in private. Well, what if she forgets that you're in private and she does it in public at some point? Mm. You know, this is a thing that she does in private that's like cute and funny, but it raises the stakes of it a lot more if you're doing it, if she's like comes up and does it to you like in a grocery store. Yeah, or, or have you ever done something thinking nobody's watching and then you find yeah. somebody catches you? So like, I've, uh, I've done like, like I've definitely like poked and been weird with my boyfriend, like where I think we're behind a car, but then there's clearly somebody has a, an advantage point right there. And they just look at you and you're like, I'm not abusing him. I swear. Like he likes it. <laughs> yeah. I, I also like the idea of this is definitely something that you could not do to her in public or I mean, really even in private, probably. Uh, without a, oh, it's without lady, a lady privilege. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 lady privilege. Yeah, or, or without uh, without you know having to have that conversation afterwards, uh, an awkward car ride home. But yeah, mm. or or if she like, just does it to anybody that's tall. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's her way of <laughs> masculating tall dudes of bringing like them down. You thought, effect. you thought it was like something special, but then you realize she did it to like a tall guy at the supermarket, and then you're like, like oh, she just white guy six one white guys look the same to me. <laughs> that she can't tell the difference between you and anybody else but it's like really she like humps you and she goes that's not my fiance he keeps getting you kicked out of nba games <laughs> on, a, on a related note i i went so this is totally like i hope this doesn't lead us totally off track but i got an mb i went to get an mba like <laughs> two years ago and or a year ago and uh so i met all these chinese students and I was, whenever I, these Chinese girls, they'd always be like, I cannot tell you white guys apart. <laughs> She's like, they'd always like call me the, a different student in the class. <laughs> they'd be like, Ryan. And I'd be like, no, I'm Rob. And they'd be like, I can't tell you guys apart. <laughs> it's, all, it's all the same. It's all the same. Can you, um, also, can you hear that? What's somebody, up? somebody outside is mowing their uh, lawn. Do I need to go close my windows or is that? I can't. I, I, can't I think it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, Liz, you got a joke? Um, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it a joke. Um, <laughs> it's always a good way to preface all your jokes. You know, honestly, everything is like, like, you know how like when you first write something, you're like, oh, this has potential. But like, I feel like I, and then you clearly keep pushing it along. But I, because I don't have anywhere to do anything, it's like, even my initial writing is half, it's half-assed before, even more half-assed than it was before. Yeah. So this is like, this is like a tweet that I want to expand, I guess. But I go, um, they say New Yorkers, oh, this will be nice for California people. You're not New Yorkers, but you're also not the people I'm shitting on. So I feel like that's <laughs> um, They say New Yorkers are like really mean and unfriendly, but like we're the only ones that are like wearing masks and social distancing and staying at home. It's like, where's your Southern kindness now? Like, I feel like, 
I feel like I've always thought that that kind of Southern charm was like BS and it always kind of felt um, a little bit like pretending, but I feel like actions speak louder than words. So it's like, yeah, I might call your grandma a cunt, but I would never endanger her life. Yeah. It yeah. pissed a lot of people think, off as a tweet. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's well, a funny concept. I was thinking like, you could say like, you know, what's you know, they talk about Southern hospitality, you know, it's hospitable yeah. wearing a mask, like not sneezing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I want to do something where like, cause I, I remember talking about this like a year ago because I'm, I'm originally from Jersey. I've been in New York for almost 20 years now. And I've always been a very aggressive, I actually struggle a lot in, in California because like my personality is very aggressive. I, I'm not one of those people that's just like, I'm just, tell, I'm just telling it as it is. I'm not like that level of crazy, but I am like, a, like if you ask me directions, I'll tell it to you, but I'm not gonna wait for the thank you. I'll probably say it as I'm walking. But what I've noticed in New York City is like, we're not friendly, but we do what we have to do to be there for each other. So it's like, it's like dudes that'll just pick up a woman's like baby carriage and bring it on the train, holding doors. Like there is that, but we're not like, nobody's going to ask you how your day is. And so I want to kind of wrap in that. Like, I feel like there's got to be an example in there as like a New Yorker where it's just like, you know, like the only thing we stop doing is spitting, but we're still kind of gross and awful. It, it sounds kind of like you guys are friendly, but for your own gain or benefit no i don't think that's true though we're, we're, we're like new york we're in a, we don't have time and we don't have patience so yeah. like let's uh, here's a good example like there's always people trying to sell women like hair products or like discounts for like getting your hair done or whatever um especially when i like when i first moved here i'd be like oh somebody would be like oh your hair's pretty and i'd be like oh my god thank you so much but now when somebody goes ma'am your hair's so nice i'll be like no thank you no thank you i don't have time for your stupid salon like yeah. So it's like you, you kind of learn quickly like this. I'm, I don't have time for this. I've had it where people, it seems like they're about to ask directions and I am always helpful with people. But as soon as it's like, well, if you, nope, we're done. I'm sorry. If you don't know, if you're not looking for something and can't tell me immediately, somebody else has to help you. I don't have time for this. So once you've lived in New York for five years, you all basically become Cinderella at 11.58 p.m.? Yes. Yes. I like that. Yeah. You're like TikTok in real life where you're like, nope, you didn't catch my attention. <laughs> you got a second as soon as you don't catch it. I like both of those. New Yorkers are real life TikTok. <laughs> you got you got five seconds to grab me. Uh-huh. Do the dance now. I, I have two things. Um one you know, in the South, they say, like, bless your heart is kind of like the fuck you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that. Where, yeah. like, now the masks, like, they don't even have to say bless your heart. Just the not wearing a mask is, like, saying the bless your yeah, heart yeah. for them. Um, and then, two, I don't know how, like, much you, like, want to get into, like, the sociology of this stuff. But I remember reading a... Um, uh, actual study that was done, I think it was the University of Michigan, which has a huge sociology department. Um, they put, I told you uh, you look like a professor. Yeah. This, this is, such, this is a, such I'm a you thing to say, Grant. <laughs> yeah. But they did a uh, social experiment. They told these uh, subject groups, uh, some of them were New Yorkers, some of them were from the South, and it was testing this idea of New Yorkers being assholes, Southern people being respectful, all that sort of stuff. They said, you, you know, you get a certain amount of money if you can deliver this uh, package to this place by this time. And then they had somebody blocking off the hallway of where they were trying to get to. 
And what they found was like, the New Yorkers were like, they went to here immediately, right? They were like, get the fuck out of my way, like that sort of stuff. But they never got higher than here. Whereas like the Southern people were very polite, very polite. And then all of a sudden, like off the charts assholes, you know, where yeah. they just, they got so much meaner than any of the New Yorkers They're ever like got. Modeling it up. Yeah. I don't know. I've always found that interesting. And I don't know if that. And, I, th- and I think that's, I, I, I kind of, cause like, you know when you're trying to trick somebody? So like if you're trying to trick somebody, you're kind of like, you're doing all the things you're supposed to do to be a good person where you're giving compliments. I'll be like, oh my God, I love your glasses, Grant. And I'll be like, thank you so much. And then I'll, I'll say something else. I'll be like, oh my God, your haircut looks great, Rob. And you'll be like, oh, thank you so much. And I'll be like, hey, can I just, can I just, can I just borrow $50? And you'll be like, actually, I really don't have a lot of money. And I'd be like, no, but I'm going to pay you back. It's totally fine. And you're like, really, I'm just, I'm not really in the space. And I'd be like, oh, fuck you. Fuck your glasses. Like, kind of like, as soon as you don't get your way, you kind of turn, like, it all goes to shit. And I'm not saying that's who the, the Southern people are, but I do kind of notice that, like, at least I'm who I'm supposed to be right off the bat. Like, at least I go, hey, I'd like $50 and you're a dick if you don't give it to me. And everybody else is just like, you look kind of cute. What do you, wait, what do you mean I can't have $50? Like, that kind of spin. Southerners are like the nice guys. Straightforward. Say that again. Martin, what'd you say? Oh, uh, Southerners are like the nice guys. You know, nice guys would be like, hey, you're really hot. And then if she doesn't respond for five minutes, like, well, fuck you. You're stuck in the friend zone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like I, it. I think that this bit, um, I, I know Defensive? you kind of got into it. Are you offended? It. No, no. I think you got into it through the lens of the coronavirus and mask wearing and stuff, but I feel like it's actually something that could just be a general South versus, you know, New York type of Yeah, bit. and I don't want to, and, and my thing is, it's funny, I had, there was a Southern comic that was like, I'm so tired of people shitting on the South. I go, first of all, I mostly tell cat jokes. So let's calm down. <laughs> like, let's, let's all calm down. And it's also like, I'm, I get that it comes from a place of generalization, but it is a little silly where it's just like, we, we are doing the best we can with the information we have to protect others. Why wouldn't you do that too? Yeah. You know, that's really all that joke is. Like, I'm, I just don't understand, even if all the information is wrong, what's the harm in trying? Hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I, well, I was going to say, though, is if, it was just, if it became just a bit about that's like New York versus the rest of the country, right? Like, because I, yeah. I, I, I could see you doing this as a, as a big bit, like, in a few years, right? That's just like New York. I'm a New Yorker. We're like this. To, we're efficient, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I was thinking, like, one 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 thing that came to mind was like just being like like yeah like i'm in a hurry like i have to go make money like my my, you know, apartment my, is my monthly dollars. rent is worth more than your house like just yeah, yeah, yeah. get out of my way <laughs> like, yeah i like I it closet which is so funny because the last time i did this podcast with rob i was in my boyfriend's closet because that's that's my <laughs> that's where i take phone calls and do podcasts now <laughs> So weird, you leave your apartment to go to his apartment's closet. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, it's really nice. It's got a great, the, the shirts really take out all the back, you know, vacuum sounds. And <laughs> But I, Liz, I saw the same posters in the background. Um, yeah, in the closet. I carry them everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to uh, extend the, uh, your boyfriend's imaginary joke. But, yeah, yeah, no, uh, I see that. <laughs> 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 all right. 
All right, Martin. You know you how often I get called a lesbian in comments? <laughs> Could you stop? <laughs> okay, to be fair, I wasn't calling you a lesbian. I was just calling you a loser. Okay. <laughs> I was just saying you are undateable and you're going to be alone forever. Jesus. <laughs> All right, Martin. Yes. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, snap. Uh, hey, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, for, for real. Um, so I've seen an uptick lately of like conservative Republican black dudes, which is <laughs> very alarming, uh, especially because they, they go so hard to uh, defend like either Trump or being conservative or police or trying to fuck some girl named Jessica. Like it's always <laughs> a weird thing that they do. But uh, one, one in particular is um, this guy on TikTok who will post his interactions with police and be like, yeah, I always have positive experiences with the police. They just uh, tell me to keep going about my day and uh, give me a ticket every now and then. And it's like, yeah, that's the bare minimum. That's basically what we all want. That's what they're supposed to do. That's their fucking job is to either give you a ticket or tell you to go about your day. Uh, they're not supposed to kill you. I don't know if you know that. Uh, that's pretty much all I got so far for that one. But yeah. What do you What do you think is the reason that there's more Republican like black people in this time period? Like, is it? Do they feel like they can get something from it? Do you think it's a power grab? I think it's a little little bit of a power grab, but also the idea of of not getting anything they thought they would get during the Obama era. I, I, I kind of see it the same as like, I feel like a lot of, um, of the like angry white people who are like Trump, Trump, Trump is because they, they had this expectation of Trump will give me something or I will gain something uh, because this guy is in office. And I think that there was a smattering of, of, of black people, especially black men who had an expectation of, improvement of their lives uh, or their individual lives based on Obama being president, et cetera, et cetera. And when that didn't happen, they made this switch. Okay. I'm just trying to think like. I, I would say I, a lot of it has to do with uh, they're being like promoted by other, like by like white Republicans, right? Yeah. Because, because white Republicans want to be like, look, we're not racist. We have a we black friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it does. It, it does feel like they're they're like donating the black friend, like like it's a campaign to be like, I'll be your black friend, like I'll make you look less racist, and like like I feel like there's something about like what benefits each person gets. Like the Republicans get to say they're not racist, and the black dude gets to be like the one, like the go-to person that everybody goes to. It's like being it's like being the girl in a guy group where you're where they're just like, <laughs> Liz is cool, and you're like, cool. They say I'm cool guys. <laughs> like it's that same kind of thing where you're like, it feels like he, like these black people have such low self-esteem that just anybody being like, this guy gets it. You're like, yeah, mom, they yeah. think I get it. <laughs> like, Well, and I was thinking about where you're like, where he, you know, the guy is like, the police are doing this. They're great. And you're like, you just defended the police by using their job, job description. Like you yeah. just described their job we don't ever defend anybody we never do that with like other you're never gonna be like man there's such a good grocery store uh clerk and you're like oh why and they're like they they scan your items and put them in a bag <laughs> like, yeah like every grocery store no no no, no. but they do it you know <laughs> like 
It's funny, Liz, what, what uh, your, your thing of like the girl group really reminded me of, because I went to college at Auburn University, which is like, I, I'm not, I guess, historically a more conservative kind of college. Like even Tommy Tuberville, who was the head coach for the football team, is now like running for some office and he's like, Trump, right? Like he's yeah. very into it. Wow. And it's like, just, it's like upset a lot of his former players, including I think Cam Newton was under him. Um, but it reminded me so much of like being the only black guy at a party. And if I, if I like had a little, you know, little drinkies, I would start dancing and everyone was like, yeah, even though I wasn't <laughs> that good at dancing. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, I guess that, that feels, I wonder if that's what it's like I, to be a black Republican. I, but yeah, I feel like you could absolutely make that comparison. Yeah, I feel like that's its own bit. Yeah, that's yeah, right that absolutely. Like the because... only black guy at a white party and you dance. Yeah. <laughs> and when you yeah. specifically know you're not good at something and people are giving you undue credit, you know what I mean? Like, because that's what it feels like is like these black Republicans. You don't, do you really feel that way? Or are you trying to like get attention? Like to me, that's such an attention grab and such a like, weird low self-esteem not to say that your white friend group is low self-esteem but like they they are (laughs) (laughs) but it just feels it it feels like when you are getting undue credit it's like there's something under it but yeah i definitely think i think that's so funny thank you thank you and then i I would also like to see the progress of like when you started to like dance around like more loved like your black friends and they'd be like martin stop Stop it. They are they are very mean about my (laughs) (laughs) But like almost the same thing, like where like one of the black Republicans could like say something and they'd be like, No. You're not you're not saying that. And you know you shouldn't say that. And they go, Oh, I can't just say what I want. Like you like I wonder if it's like they got the pushback and they're like, I'm going back to my white Republican friends. They get me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I should yeah, I like that. I don't know that that I almost I just made myself sad because I started I, I was on uh, I was on Chris Red's uh, live and uh, I had my I was in I was in the privacy of my own home during a quarantine and I had my my loafers on and he started roasting my fucking shoes I'm like <laughs> dude you're like this is all I have all right I yeah. got them from Marshalls they're nine dollars I, so I don't have that it. SNL money Chris <laughs> <laughs> for your fancy shoes. <laughs> All right, Grant, you got a joke? Oh, sure. I got a joke here that I've been thinking about, about how, um, you know, they, I was reading that they, they say like uh, over uh, 20% of Americans have gotten plastic surgery now. Um, and I think a lot of that's just because of like social media, right? We're, we're becoming so like focused on how we look and, and people are getting plastic surgery convinced that it makes them look younger. I, I feel like even like, 75 year olds are getting plastic surgery now and being like, ah, I could pass for 25. And you're like, no, you could pass for a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, I understand plastic surgery totally if you have a job that is based on your looks, right? Like if you're an actor or a porn star or something like that, I get it. But like, why get plastic surgery if you're just like an accountant? Like I don't. <laughs> Like, I don't need you to do my taxes with duck lips, you know? Like, if you're a chiropractor, etched abs aren't going to help you get you Yelp reviews, you know? <laughs> That's what I got so far. I, I and 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was like, I, I, I completely agree. And like the counterpoint would be like, well, social media, but like all those people have seven followers. It's like one of those things. It's like, do you think your seven followers are yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry, is that a wrinkle? Like, like this idea that if you have any number of followers, you have followers. Does that make yeah. sense? Like yeah. my mom, like my mom joined Instagram and our favorite thing is to, is to be like, like, she'll post something and I'll be like, what do your nine followers think? And they're like, <laughs> only three liked it. So I'm a little upset with four of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. I was going to say, uh, or Rob, did you want to go next? Uh, it's just, um, you, you had a, like a list of two things you were like, you know, it makes sense if you're an actor or a porn star. And I just, yeah. I was like hoping there was going to be a third one mm. that was funny, you know, like, I, I can't think of what it is it yet, but like an actor, a porn star, a mechanic, you know, the people we care <laughs> about looking hot. <laughs> Firefighter, maybe? Or, or, yeah. my, or you know, whether you're like an actress or a porn star or my girlfriend. But <laughs> <laughs> or you should go, uh, my wife, you know, like Borat. <laughs> How do we all remember Borat? I also think if you're going to tell that joke, you need to look exactly the way you look right now. <laughs> That's the only way it would work is if you look, quite frankly, 40 years older yeah. <laughs> than you actually are. Yep. And you're like, you're like, ladies, come on. What the breast implant? Why, why not just cover half your face? <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I think it's like a very Hollywood uh, trope as well uh, of people getting, because I've seen that a lot too of like, you know, what, like, what do you, why do you look like that here? You don't, you don't have to, you don't do anything. Uh, and, but just like who, like the idea of who that is serving or who they, or even if it's like for themselves, like why, like why is this the thing that you think will help you? And what what was your experience watching Thundercats that has yeah. made you now say, nope, I got to look like Lion-O for the rest of my life? Yeah. Well, what is interesting, though, is that there's there's fads. So you, you think, like, what do we think? Like, late 90s, early 2000s, it's like breast implants. And then it became, like, butt implants. And then it became, like eyelash extensions and then it became um, uh, lip fillers. Like, they go through these phases and you just kind of go, like, are you just like working up from your feet up to like, like, and it's always to make things bigger and you're just a little bit like plane seats are getting smaller. Like, why are we like, yeah. it's so weird that like everything is getting smaller yet. You're trying to like, look, I just feel like we're trying to look like, um, um, oh, crap. Like, you know how like there's certain types of lenses. So you have like the focus lens and you have like the, the fisheye lens, like there's all these different lenses. It just feels like everybody's trying to look fisheye. Like everybody's trying to look, <laughs> like, <get> like, <laughs> like a Missy Elliott video. Yes. Thank yeah. you, Martin. Everybody's yeah. trying to look like they're in like a, they're like, <laughs> coming at you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're wearing bubble pants for some reason. <laughs> like, it's like, it's 95 degrees out. Why are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> this puffy ass supreme coat but you know what it used to be um grant it used to be makeup so it used to be like yeah. you put like glitter on your eye like, like it used to be like that was good enough to get attention and now you we've had to up, one up our ability to get attention by like literally having things be bigger my lips are bigger my you know well and I, like it and, and like part of me was thinking about it's like 
plastic surgery, I feel like when I was younger, plastic surgery was like reserved for like 50 year olds that were desperately clinging to their youth, right? But now yeah. like, people are getting plastic surgery at in like 20 in their 20s. And yeah. like, oh, dude, a girl in my class got a nose job in eighth grade. I don't know. No. Yeah. Isn't your face that, still growing? That's what I mean, and you're like, you don't even know what you're going to look like yet <laughs> at that point. You know? But Especially, she's now beautiful. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it actually worked out. I'm making this reference super late in the conversation because I was looking it up to see exactly what I was talking about. But I feel like everyone who gets plastic surgery, they look like there was this 80s TV show that was an adaptation of Beauty and the Beast. And the Beast, oh. <laughs> it's like a live action Beauty and the Beast. And really? The Beast and Beauty and the really? Beast. Yes, I remember and it, that. You kind of made me think of it when you said the cat line. But yeah, like everyone ha ends up looking like the Beast from... <laughs> I think you need to do a PowerPoint presentation human, of this. A human and lion's face that are put together basically. Because they do, they like, they do stuff to your like cheekbones. Yeah, yeah. And then you have like these like eyelashes that look like spiders. And then everybody, you can actually really tell like women when they get their lips because it's like this weird, like it just doesn't, it like goes up, especially when it starts to drain, it like looks weird. It, like they all just kind of look like, you're like, okay. It's just like all this kind of stuff where you're just like, I don't feel insecure about what I look like. I just feel scared. Like, I'm just like, is that what's like, when I turn 45, is my face gonna start making weird shit? Like, I'm like, it's just, I don't know. I think women would look so much more attractive if they just aged normally than doing, like, I literally- Really, if you just stay out of the sun. Like, I just feel like that's like half the battle. It's just like, don't burn your skin to shit. Women should only go out at night. Yes, I've been saying that for years. Witches, we should all be witches. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I was trying to imitate the faces that you guys were describing, and I accidentally turned myself into a racist caricature. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. That's very helpful. <laughs> no problem. Okay. I think you're really going to ostracize yourself in LA. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. you're really going to have a hard time finding another girlfriend after that joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. Gonna be like, I if you don't. If you don't like me at my plastic surgery, you don't deserve me. <laughs> you know, I've never dated anybody that had plastic surgery. Isn't that crazy here in LA? A little bit. That's. Oh. I think they just didn't tell you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I dated a girl with fake boobs once, and I definitely didn't like it. Yeah. It's I, like I, fake boobs look good, but then they feel real weird. It's like they're no fun to, you know, touch. <laughs> Is that too much? I think it depends on the boobs <laughs> you get. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go. I, I have an idea that's not a joke. It's more like a, a way of delivering my jokes that I wanted to see what you guys think of. So I was thinking of um, bringing a bunch of ping pong balls on stage that have all of my jokes written on each ping pong. <laughs> right. I could tell from Liz's face that this is a bad idea already. I mean, <laughs> you've been right. in LA oh, too long. <laughs> Get out. Get out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a catchphrase. This is way worse. <laughs> That's an O'Reilly. <laughs> so I've got a joke written on each ping pong ball. And then I go to people in the audience, you know, and I have a, like an interaction with each person I go to or whatever. But, and I'm like, you know, pick out a ball. And so there's something written on it. So that's a joke. So I tell that joke. And then I'm like, I let them decide whether I keep it or throw it away because I have then I have like a trash can and a recycling bin. So then they have to throw the ping pong ball into the recycling bin or the trash can. And I'm thinking it'd be funny, you know, like seeing whether they like the joke or don't, basically. Is this crazy? <laughs> so like a, like a choose your own adventure, but. A 
I'll say this before I completely shit on you. Um, I'll say this. Um, I think it would be a fun, like, like a showcase show, like a fun thing that like, like a, like a, like a section of a showcase show or a section of like a headlining thing, like something fun, but like for it to be the whole thing is just, I think it just, just, you're such a good writer. Like it just diminishes what gives you value, if that makes sense. So like, I think it'd be fun as like a one-off thing or if you put together a showcase show and had other, like that would be a part of it. Um, but to do the whole thing that way would just be distractingly. Yeah. That's, a, that's legitimately what I was thinking too. I was like, yeah, maybe for five minutes, if you did right. that, I'd be like a funny. Maybe if I did it just with like my like one-liner jokes. Cause I always have like this weird, oh, like, yeah, what do I do fun. with all my like one-line jokes? Yeah. Sometimes I'll do like a rim shot type thing with them and stuff, but. But if you're like, you know, if you're doing 30 minutes or 45 minutes, like that kind of has to be the end, you know, <laughs> like you can't like just be like, hey, now for some ping pong. <laughs> How many ping pong balls do you expect to have? Because they're only like five a pack. Yeah, it's a lot uh, of money. You didn't well, think about Martin, I could go get them right now, but I already ordered them. They were $60. <laughs> For 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 six dollars, I got sixty ping pong balls. Believe it or not, they're pretty cheap. Okay, so it. you are already married to this idea, and that's why you're upset. <laughs> you were just asking us for approval. You're like, they're no, Amazon I mean, I, deals. Listen, it's Amazon. I can return it very easily, but I I just wanted to have it in case I decide to do it. <laughs> I just uh, I think that, honestly, I've, I've lost a lot of confidence in it. I I asked my fiance if she thought it was funny, and she loved the idea. But. She humps you like. <laughs> <laughs> her, her idea of comedy is humping. <laughs> I don't trust her anymore. Um, no, I yeah, I think I think I think it could be fun. I just think it would be very distracting for like a full hour set or. Yeah, yeah. Um, my turn. I don't. I, uh, my ideas aren't any better unless you want to tell a real joke to redeem yourself. So, do, should I not trash you? Let me do one talking? more quick thing, and then um, we'll each do one. You know. Yeah. We each get to each one more thing, longer thing. Uh, so uh, this is just like a premise that I have. I want to see if you guys think it's funny. I was thinking it's funny how like the bar for being, you know, a husband or a boyfriend is like so low. <laughs> like, like my fiance, like she like has a full like nine to five job, not, you know, full-time job. She uh, like does all the cooking. She does most of the cleaning. She like does all these things just to put up with all my like craziness and stuff and then like i like take the trash out and she's like thank you so much <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like literally just like showing up is like enough to be like a boy a great boyfriend <laughs> i don't know i mean i think you just described white privilege <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i mean yeah. that's, well, that's- that's, that's, how, like, that's how that that's made the me feel. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. I also think it's like, man, well, what is what were her last boyfriends like? <laughs> you could skate through this easily. You just got to be like, I love you. And she's like, nobody <laughs> ever has said that. And you're like, wow. Sorry you dated such assholes. Yeah, it feels like piggybacking grant it, it would seem like her last boyfriend were the melted goo people from those anti-drug commercials <laughs> yeah. Babe, well, everyone weed. knows and thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> martin what's behind you 
on my wall. Yeah. Uh, the I, person. I, oh my god, duck. <laughs> <laughs> I got. <laughs> what if I just get my throat slit right now? It's action figures, right? What yes, goofy yes. What's it I, from? Uh, these are all WWE action figures on this side, and then Star Wars action figures on this side. So that is this, why you should have started out that before you told me about like your witch girlfriend, because it would have <laughs> explained so much <laughs> as to why I can only fuck witches. <laughs> <laughs> because Martin is sixteen years old. So. <laughs> I am a child. Oh, don't don't get, fucking look at! I have nothing but like weird art. Like no. I'm not judging, but hey, yeah. weird art yeah. is better than toys. <laughs> Look, at, I got like an adult room here. I, I was, yeah, I have to say, like I, I have a, a lunchbox collection, so that's why I was like, I have all these like '80s and '90s. Oh my god, is that I a gun a, next to Abe Lincoln? No, it's the podcast. Uh, that is the Gettysburg Address framed on my wall. Oh my no joke. You, your room matches your face. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. Oh my god! This, you were destined. I have a letter home from World War One. Oh my god! <laughs> you history professor-looking motherfucker. Yep. You were such a caricature. I love it so much. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, but I was going to say, my mom, actually, she was like, you still got them men on your wall? I was like, can you not say it like that? Yeah, mom, I got those men on my wall. She's so worried about you dying alone. She's <laughs> <laughs> just looking out for you. Yeah. I was just thinking for Grant, you know, how like every comic's like, so, you know, this thing, this weird thing just happened to me the other day. Like, he's like, you know, this weird thing just happened to me four score and uh, seven <laughs> days ago. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can't get rid of the beard, man. There's so much potential. <laughs> All right. This joke I wrote before the pandemic, so I feel like it needs to be updated. Um, I mean, I only did it twice on stage, and it's bad. So get ready. Um, uh, so I, my favorite pastime when I don't have service, like if I'm on an airplane or if I'm in the subway and I don't have Wi-Fi, is I play this game called Fantasy Math, which is I think of like the last – like the last high paid gig I had. And then I tried to like figure out how much money I would have made if I made that amount of money every week for a month and then every month for a year. And then I just like, I let my, my mind wander and think about like how much better my life would be. And then I realized that's a job. Like I was just fantasizing about making the same amount of money every week, which is, which is a job. <laughs> And that's how you know I've been a freelancer my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like there's something even like more sad about that now that like, cause I'll be honest, I got unemployment in April and it's been really nice. Cause like, you know how it is. Like some weeks you make $7, like I'll get a big gig. But like, I remember so specifically telling my dad this, like when I started doing a lot more colleges, um, this is like 10 years ago, but like you would get like these big checks and it'd be so exciting. And my dad does that. My dad would be like, man, if you made that every week, you'd make this much money. I'd be like, dad, I have three colleges this year. Like that's just not, it's so few and far between, but that's how my mind works as well, which is like, I get a high paid gig. I think about how cool it'd be if I made this all the time, but that's never going to be the case. And now with unemployment and like, I don't even make all the unemployment. Like I didn't make enough money to get the full amount of unemployment and it's still so nice to consistently get a check. So I almost want to even update this idea with the idea that like, I've never had 
I've had like temp jobs and stuff, but I've been doing stand up so long that I've, I've never actually had a consistent paycheck. And this has been really nice. <laughs> Thanks, government. <laughs> Is there a way that you can like um, make it like conversational where you're like talking to a friend and you're like, oh, I got this check. And then I fantasize about getting that check every two weeks and how much money I have. And they, and then they were like, so you mean you fantasize about getting a salary? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> like you're just describing a salary. <laughs> like, and you're like, oh man, is that what that is? I've been a freelancer too long. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, cause that's the truth. I've never, I've like, I waitressed, I was a temp. Yeah. Like I never, I, I did stand up. I started stand up when I was 16. So I knew very early on that I wanted to put all my, chips in this basket eggs in this basket i should learn what that means um stable eggs on the basket you never put your chips in eggs yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah no i like that conversation that's uh, actually really helpful grant i was gonna say uh i kind of like the idea of you being the first person to put uh unemployment on your resume because it yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is like the I consistently got a check from the government. I work for the government. Oh my god! <laughs> That's funny. I work for the government. <laughs> I like that. That's really funny. Unemployment. <laughs> it says here you work for the government. Yeah, I got unemployment for three months. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Um, wow, you have this in bold type. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I get handouts and I like it. <laughs> and like, I mean, if you wanted to make it like pandemic-y, I feel like now is the only time where you're like, yeah, I get unemployment and people are like, oh, lucky. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I was thinking like when you're talking to your friend, I don't know. I don't have the punchline yet, but you're like, uh, you know, like, wouldn't it be so nice to just like be able to like plan out your expenses, like how much you're going to spend every month instead of just having to save up all your money in case you, you know, break your arm or like, I don't know, whatever you like something that's funny, like something funny that you, 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 an unexpected expense. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of what it would be, but I'm sure there's something funny about like the idea that you're saving up your, you know, college checks, for instance, in case blank happens. Like, but you guys know how it is. Like you're like, I owe for me personally, July and December were my bad months. Like I would make like $200 and I would just, I would try to work as much as I could in the winter, in the fall, in the spring to, to cover those months. But then randomly like a March, I would make no money in March for no reason. I'm like, it's women's month. Like how am I making no money in women's <laughs> month? So I always like, I've always been a saver. I've always been that kind of person. Yeah. And so even just doing that math is just me like kind of being like, this is what I need to do to get, get by. But like those, those, most people save for the car to break down. I save for people not to find me funny anymore. Mm -hmm. That, that seems mostly sad, well, but I'm going to write it down anyway. Yeah. <laughs> if you did that on stage, right. And you're like, and then, and then no one laughs at it. You could be like, like for instance, this joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the bomb lines, Rob. I appreciate. It. Yeah, yeah. I can't help you with the joke, but I can help I'm, you with a good bomb line. I'm good at save lines because I need them. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Martin. Yeah. So uh, I 
had a improper education. Like I took sex ed in Alabama, uh, <laughs> which was a lot of like, not necessarily abstinence only, but more so like what would Jesus do type stuff. And like, you know that your sex ed class is bad when there are rumors about the sex ed teacher being a virgin like that. <laughs> never a good sign that they make fun of her for that. She was a very sweet lady too. Um, that virgin teacher. Uh, we actually, we had one girl in my, in my sex ed class who said, Hey, is it possible to get pregnant from swallowing semen? And, uh, and our teacher said, I don't know, maybe, which is never a good answer. And honestly, for me, like looking back now, you know, it's been 15 years since then, since I was in high school, maybe, I don't really know time. Uh, but, but like, my my biggest takeaway is I wish that I could have been able to better prepare for getting chlamydia three times. Like that's Jesus. the only thing I wanted to gain from that. And and that's the thing of why you shouldn't cheat because uh, <laughs> the girl you cheat on gives you bulls tickets and the girl you cheat with gives you chlamydia three times. Mm. That's, that's it. That's... I like this as a, a joke about you being a bad person. Like it started out... <laughs> It started out like I thought you were going to blame your education, but really it's about you being the worst. That's what I got from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I used to be a real piece of shit. I thought it. I, I can't imagine somebody with all those action figures that you could get away with that. Like, how is that even possible? <laughs> this is pre-action figure, Mark. Okay. This, okay. this okay. is me cleaning up my act. <laughs> Oh, you're just like, you know what? I'll make sure I never cheat again. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to love me for me. <laughs> I was thinking something about like, I had to clap back when she gave me the clap back or something. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize immediately. Can I kick you and off then... your own podcast? <laughs> go, go home, Rob. Go home. <laughs> and then the other... My other line I thought of was when you were like saying uh, there were rumors that my teacher was a virgin. You're like, and I uh, disproved that one, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I saw her wedding ring. Or <laughs> I met her kid. I met her kid. Yeah. <laughs> Looked nothing like her, but. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think also the structure of the joke, if you switched it around the like beginning of it a little bit, it might work better in the sense that when you say they're like the the first punchline of it right there was like there's rumors about our sex ed teacher being a virgin right mm -hmm. so now the thing about the come i'm i'm expecting so mm -hmm. what about like doing that first and saying like you know i didn't have great sex ed this um girl said this and the teacher said this and you're like and then you're like, oh, now I get why the eighth graders think she's a virgin. You know, our sex ed teacher thinks like, so then that becomes like a, like a more of a tag off of the thing that she said instead of giving it away right at the beginning. I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like that there's something that might work switching that around. I do also, I do also like the, like getting chlamydia three times is like, like, it being blamed on your bad education. Like, I do like the idea that you're just like, my teacher never really explained STDs. We were like, cause were you taught abstinence only? Like, was that? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Cause like, I, isn't that, 
I, that's always what I thought. Like that you get taught abstinence only and everybody gets pregnant. So you're just like, you're like, I didn't get pregnant, but I did get chlamydia three times. Is that, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah. Well, we, we, and I wish I was making this up. We ended up having like a series of girls. So I know we had two or three girls from my graduating class who got pregnant. Uh, but most of the girls did the, uh, like do anal instead of vaginal. So they could still like have sex, but it, but not, get pregnant or have to buy condoms so that was like the big thing at my school okay cool school that's super funny too because it's like man you did the most advanced thing possible (laughs) 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 i still haven't done anal so they're way out of me yeah it's like legitimately the it's the only thing on my like like sexual wish list that i've never done you know? I don't think that's ever going to happen. With, yeah. you have a you have a white Abe beard Lincoln. And you've never had anal sex. <laughs> no, I mean I just have a huge. Di- All right. <laughs> you, need you have to understand. Uh, anal, anal wasn't invented in Grant's time. Yeah. <laughs> in the 1800s, when all we had. Um, Ye old backdoor, they used to call it. <laughs> and actually, it makes me like piggybacking on Grant. Like, it does make me think of like, okay, if you start with anal, like, what do they do? Like, ten years into a relationship to spice stuff up, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like those girls must be so bored. They're like, yeah, he choked me, but I was doing that in the fourth grade, so I don't, <laughs> you know, like I'm just a little bored in the bedroom right now. <laughs> And is there, like, some sense of, like, they're, like, spicing it up? It's, like, missionary distracted. (laughs) (laughs) They're, like, knitting. Like, they're just doing all this stuff. They're just, like, honestly, if I don't have three dicks inside me, I don't feel much. Um, (laughs) Mm, I'm going to kiss you tonight. Like, oh, God, yeah. I like that. I've had chlamydia three times. Um, I think at this point, I'm just going to keep it. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. All right, Grant. Okay. I wrote this one while I was quarantining with the lady. Um, so I'll have to like change around, but I obviously haven't tried it on stage or at all anything. So I don't know. This one is like, I just like, I like the idea, but I don't know if it's in my, like my own voice, like my wheelhouse or whatever. But my, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend uh, loves cooking shows. And like every day that like we spent multiple hours a day watching cooking shows and she has cooked things from the show approximately zero times. Uh, but it did make me realize that like every cooking show has some type of theme challenge but there's one theme that i haven't seen that i want to see so bad it's like cooking like a single mom (laughs) those challenges would be so fun like your kid is picky and currently in a weird color phase you have to make a meal using only the things that are the color orange you know or hurry up you have 20 minutes to make a healthy meal and then drive your kid across town to soccer practice so they don't grow up and become a stripper or you, you have to cook your meal while drinking an entire bottle of wine. Extra points if you call it mommy's medicine. <laughs> so, my mom, because my mom was a single mom and uh, raised four kids on her own. And it's like the most thankless job in the world. 
I feel like the only possible way to win the single mom cooking show is just refusing to cook and buying McDonald's instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have for it. Like you get like they like that's the person that wins is they get extra like they're just like, oh I just bought McDonald's and they're like, she did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You figured like it out. <laughs> I like the idea of the judges being just some really ornery children who Yeah. Are, yeah. 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 This kid is autistic and doesn't like anything that makes them think of the outside world. This kid has been spoiled his entire life. I don't know. Is this like better as a sketch and not like a stand-up bit or something, you know? Because it's... I think it could really be both. It could, or it could be like when you do your special that we'll all star in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, consulting you know, producer credits. Yeah, you, you yeah. cut to, and here's this video as you set up the joke. Uh. Also, I think I like, it. I, I like it more as a sketch. I think. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say because I like making things personal. If you start out being like, I'm, I'm one of one of four, and my mom was a single mm -hmm. mom. I've watched all these cooking shows, and what I think is missing because when I watch cooking shows, which I hate cooking, like I love people cooking for me clearly, but I don't want to do anything. What I find really upsetting about cooking shows is I'm most of the time cooking for myself and I never seem to have one ingredient and I don't know if it's important or not. So like, I'm always upset that it's always like for two or more people. And I'm like, what about people that don't have friends? Like, what about single people? What like, so I like the same idea that you have this angle of like cooking, cooking for the, like the, the thankless cooker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where they're going to be like, mom, you know, I don't like chicken. Who doesn't like chicken? Like, like I also like the idea of like what arguments come from it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you don't yell at your kid and they eat it, you win. I was going to yeah. say, I think um, having one of the kind of uh, jokes within the, the show be like, uh, this week it's Lunchables in that, or, or like hamburger helper, like yeah. something that's very standard um uh like single parent having to deal with the inability to make things that'll make everyone happy yeah yeah all right cool did your parents get divorced or did your dad is he did yeah you... my parents got divorced and my dad moved like halfway across the country on so their anniversary off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in LA and my dad lives in like and still lives in like St. Louis area. So, when you guys would visit him, what kind of food did he prepare? He works at a college campus and so mostly we were as just, a professor? It's in your blood? Yeah. My dad is an expert on the Lewis and Clark expedition. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a that's not even a joke. Like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he no. It's it's. This is not a this is not a bit for this, but it's like a real bit in my act that like my favorite thing about my dad is whenever you have a conversation with him, he'll find a way to shoehorn Lewis and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's where you're like, oh, dad, I'm so grateful that you drove four hours to watch me perform, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just lucky I have GPS on my phone. And I didn't need a guide like Sacagawea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Wait, but, but you're, you're, you're going to say... Uh, we ate in the dining hall all the time. We oh, that's way worse. On the on-campus the on dining hall. Campus dining, dining hall food is disgusting. Well, I mean, I was like 10, so I didn't really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you... Whoa, that kid must be kid. real smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Right, well, 
that's the show, guys. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> There's Thanks no for awkward us. way to end a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. But yeah, like thank you. Lewis and Clark, we went through a lot. Yeah. And now I do like Sacagawea. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for doing it. Where can uh, people follow you? Uh, Liz, where can people follow you? Um, everything is at Liz Mealy. And uh, I have a new special that is free on YouTube called uh, Self Help Me. So you should, you should watch it because um, these jokes aren't going to really stand the test of time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and she needs that, that ad money. I need that ad money. I hope you're monetizing that shit. Of course. I've made like $7. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh martin yeah you can find me on all the socials at martin m morrow morrow is spelled like tomorrow and i have an album out currently on itunes and spotify called magic of the city uh, was what why are you laughing at I don't know why martin spelled it or morrow spelled like tomorrow because people keep putting a fucking a in it and i don't know why uh, marrow like i don't know how you got that if you if you had a brother you guys could do comedy together and call it the tomorrows <laughs> shaking my head Slowly shaking my head. Uh, But it's silly and funny. (laughs) Uh, I heard like uh, my friend told me a street joke recently that like legitimately made me laugh for like two days. All right. Well, now we have to. It's it's so dumb. What's the difference between a Greyhound bus station and a lobster with a boob job? (laughs) Have you ever heard this one? No. Uh, one's a crusty bus station and one's a busty crustacean. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I'll give it to him. It's so dumb and funny. All right. I'm going to get my brother involved in comedy now. I know. (laughs) All right, Grant, what's your, uh, handle? I'm, uh, I'm at Grant Lion 1, the number one, uh, and I also, I had an album come out at the end of March during the pandemic, so that's, it's on everything, Spotify, iTunes. And you have a board game. That's true. Yeah, so my oh, album is called Scheduled Fun Time, and, uh, and I also uh, created a board game, and I sold it to a publisher, and that comes out this summer. Woo, uh, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called Curmudgeon. It is a game of silly insults, dummy. Uh, it's a fun party game so check that out he knows the tagline yeah <laughs> all right and i'm matt rob o'reilly r-o-b-o-r-e-i-l-l-y thank you for listening please subscribe and thanks guys bye thank you thank you bye guys bye Thank you for listening to Thank You for Joking, a show about the process of being a comedy writer. Sometimes it's stand-up comics, going through that process together, trying out jokes, giving each other notes, and sometimes I'm going to have TV writers on here talking about their process. So please subscribe. There'll be new episodes every week. Thanks.